Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. KSL 24-Hour News Center. Thanks, Doug. And KSL's top local story this hour, the Secret Service under fire now for an incident earlier this month when two drunk Secret Service members allegedly interfered with an investigation at the White House. Jason Chaffetz and the House Oversight Committee are investigating, but surveillance video from that night may have already been erased. It's more than a week after the incident, and the Secret Service director doesn't even know if there's a tape of the incident. That that's just so inexcusable. And that investigation continues today with Director of the Secret Service Joseph Clancy's testimony. We'll keep you updated here on KSL. And you know, claims by the Secret Service that it accidentally deleted surveillance video of two agents drunk in crash. Well, they may be far-fetched. KSL News Radio's Peter Seymour explains. You would have to know exactly where the video was stored and hit delete. Dave Thorpe with Tri-City Alarm Company also says few groups store video for only three days as the Secret Service claims it did. His governmental clients usually keep it for three months. Managers may hear about issues late and want to go back to the tape. Thorpe also says hard drives with little video storage are decades old. Secret Service Director Joseph Clancy claims he did not know about that crash for several days. West Valley police trying to find out why a woman ran a red light this morning, causing a big crash at 4800 West and 3500 South. Three other cars and a pedestrian were hit. Sergeant Jason Hauer says six kids were in the woman's minivan. Probably on their way to school. Looks like uh, most of the people here were headed off to do their daily tasks and just ran the red light. At least two adults and two children taken to hospital, but none were critically injured. A witness did not believe the children were buckled up. KSL's top national story this hour from ABC News. ISIS now claiming responsibility for yesterday's museum attack in Tunisia that left 23 people dead. The terror group described the museum housing Roman artifacts as a den of infidels and vice and promised more attacks. Your money at this moment. The Dow is now down 119 points at 17,957. NASDAQ is up 8 at 4,991. S&P down 11 at 2,089. And now it's time for your KSL bracket update. Let's go live now to KSL News Radio's Mark Jackson. Mark? Notre Dame taking a big lead over the 14 seed Northeastern Husky 63-53. About five minutes and change left to play in Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. Baylor Bears jumping out ahead of Georgia State Panthers 16-8 early first half action there. Start of second half action in Louisville. Iowa State with a 34-31 lead over the scrappy UAB Blazers and Utes and Stephen F. Austin set to tip today at 527 with the KSL Bracket Update. I'm Mark Jackson, KSL News Radio. And coming up on KSL News Radio, weekend warm up ahead. We'll check your KSL weather forecast coming up next. KSL News Time, 12.02. Good, better, best. Good is choosing a certified public accountant to help you with your financial records and taxes. Better is one with experience and knowledge of your personal and business needs. Best is one who belongs to the Utah Association of CPAs. As you think about your tax return preparation this year, especially in the light of the confusing and always changing tax laws, consider this. CPAs will save you the most money on your taxes. CPAs are more competitive price-wise than the big box store preparation guys. CPAs are the most qualified to prepare your taxes and get you the most money back you deserve. Along with extensive tax expertise, CPAs can also provide you business advising, financial planning, general accounting, and investment advising. Hire a CPA and be sure you're getting the most out of your taxes. Go to UACPA.org to find a CPA that's right for you. That's UACPA.org. Brought to you by the Utah Association of CPAs. 
It's inversion and flu time in Utah. Can you believe that the air in your home can actually be worse than the air outside? Hi, this is Josh from Lee's Heating and Air. Every year at this time, we're dealing with the bad Utah air, and it can easily contribute to being sick. Clean the air in your home with an American Standard AccuClean air filtration system. Removing 99% of allergens from the air in your home, it even kills the Taipei flu virus, and in most cases, the AccuClean can be added to your existing heating and air conditioning system and is proven to be the most effective whole home air filtration system in the industry, period. Call Lee's Heating and Air today to learn more. Do you still need your furnace tuned up? A lease tune-up includes a safety inspection with a carbon monoxide check for only $59. These offers end soon, so call Lee's Heating and Air today at 801-747-LEES. That's 801-747-LEES. Online at leesheatac.com. Looking for a sense of adventure? How about an escape to warmer weather surrounded by fantastic scenery and hundreds of things to see and do? Plan your next great escape to include Ruby's Inn or the Bryce Canyon Grand Hotel. Now is the perfect time to explore and enjoy crisp mountain air surrounded by Bryce Canyon National Park beauty. From simply amazing campgrounds with fully equipped RV pads to the rustic charm of Ruby's Inn or the finest accommodations found at the Grand. No matter what your sense of adventure, Ruby's has something for everyone. Horseback rides, biking, ATV tours to high-flying adventure in a helicopter overlooking Bryce or Grand Canyon National Parks to Monument Valley and more. The closest to Bryce Canyon at Ruby's Inn, the accommodations are wide. The hospitality is grand. And your experience is always memorable. Reservations are booking fast, so check out their hot deals today. Ruby'sIn.com. Ruby'sIn.com. Traffic and weather together brought to you by your Utah Toyota dealers. Let's check in with Ricky Meese in the KSL Traffic Center. Ricky? Well, traffic is getting through the intersection easily now from the earlier accident westbound 2100 south at 6th west. You will see the remainders of the vehicles left there over to the right shoulder, not causing any delay. And again, be aware of the power outage forcing traffic lights to be out 90th south and 5600 west. Regular maintenance is the most cost-effective way to prevent expensive auto repairs. For over 40 years, Tunix specializes in automotive performance, making sure your car runs right. Visit today for a winter health check. Ricky Meese in the KSL Traffic Center. And checking your weather, well today it's going to be beautiful. Sunny, highs near 60. Tonight, clear, lows near 40. Friday, sunny with highs in the upper 60. Saturday becoming mostly cloudy with highs near 70. So that's pretty warm on Saturday. And Sunday, mostly cloudy with highs in the mid-60s. Right now, 50 degrees at 12.06. You get the top stories every 30 minutes. Breaking news the second it happens. I'm Mary Ellen Geist. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM, 1160 AM, Utah's news, traffic, and weather station. Today, let me speak to the governor. Governor Gary Herbert spends one hour answering your questions. Call 801-575-8255. Live from the studios of KSL News Radio in Salt Lake City, it's Let Me Speak to the Governor. So good to have you along here at KSL News Radio today. An opportunity to speak with the governor of the great state of Utah, Governor Herbert, here in studio with us. And, Governor, welcome. It's always good to see you walk through the door. Well, thank you. It's always great to walk through the door here, Doug, and be with you. And uh, I enjoy this hour we spend together. And, of course, our phone lines are wide open for all who are listening right now. So uh, get on the phone line if you have a question or a comment for the governor. It's area code 801 575 Whatever happens to be on your mind, give the governor a call. And maybe we could set the stage. First question I asked when you walked through the door, Governor, is how did you survive the session? And, boy, it was, a, it was an interesting session. But perhaps we could focus on what I think was a real high point, and not only a high point for Utah, but already I'm hearing people around the country talking about what was done again in Utah. Quite an amazing thing where religious liberties and anti-discrimination legislation that will very much affect everybody, but especially the LGBT community, but protect religious liberty, we were able to put that together. You know, it is, uh, it is the highlight of the session, I think, and certainly historical in its uh, 
outcome and and uh, something we'll be talking about and and actually being a part of you know for years and years to come and uh the legislature really did some really good things this was a uh a, a session where there's a lot of big issues heavy issues uh difficult and complex issues and certainly at the top of that list was coming together on religious rights and religious freedom as well as anti-discrimination. Both sides of that issue are anti-discrimination against those who have religious persuasion and, and a point of view that maybe uh, dictates their actions, as well as those particularly in the gay community that need to have some uh, protection from discrimination in their housing and workplace and those kinds of things. And so it was a remarkable thing to have everybody kind of come together. It really was the proverbial, can we thread the needle and, and get something done that both sides can feel comfortable with? Both sides probably feel like they came up a little short in, uh, in areas, but that's what compromise is about. And I do believe it's going to be a model for the nation, for other states to say, well, if they can do it in Utah, we can do it in our state and come up with something similar. Boy, to see uh, Utahns come together on this, determined to come out with with some kind of a solution. You mentioned the heavy lifting. You look at our our faith-based communities, and not just the LDS Church, but but others. You look at the Chambers of Commerce who stepped up and said, you know, this is important for Utah business. And all so many different aspects of yeah. uh, Utah society came together. I think everybody's pretty pleased with the outcome, <clears throat> and it is uh, the faith-based organizations, and not just the LDS Church. They certainly uh, helped set the tone for this uh, and uh, help motivate, I think, uh, many in the legislature to get it done. I mentioned it in my state of the state address and uh, the third day that we had the session opened up and as I typically do my state of the state and we talked about can we come together I believe if we work hard we can come together and it was a little bit touch and go there and trying to find the right compromise and common ground but uh, credit the legislature and the sponsors of the bill on what we call uh, 296 uh, Senate Bill 296 and then a companion bill that came out 297 so, again, good work by the legislature, by the community, uh, again, who weighed in on this. It is a representative form of government, and I think the legislature and certainly the governor's office heard the public loud and clear on this one. As we talked about, that uh, could very well be labeled as uh, one of the heaviest lifts and one of the biggest wins of the Utah State Legislative Session for 2015. On the other hand, and one of our listeners uh, wants to address this, so let's go to uh, Judy. Judy, you're on the line with Governor Herbert. Judy, do we have you there? Okay, uh, I think we've had a little glitch there. Let's go to line one. Judy, have we got you there? Yes, sir, you do. There we go. Hi. Hey, Judy. Hi, Hi Governor. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. It's a beautiful day outside. Yes, sir, it is. I wanted to know, simply because it directly affects my family, specifically my son, uh, what is your reasoning, because I'm not too educated, about wanting to expand state Medicaid? You say, the, and your question is, do you want to ex, ex, uh, expand it or not? No, no, I, I do. It sounds okay. I just want to know if you would go into it just briefly, why you want to do it and why your the folks in your house chose not to. Well, <laughs> I can tell you why I want to do it and why I think that the proposal we made made some good sense. You'd have to ask the House, I guess. I can give you at least my take on it. One, we're paying for it. Uh, the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare sometimes is referred to, was as the law of the land. And I didn't support that. I think there's many flaws in the bill itself. I didn't like the process. That coupled with the Supreme Court decision, which made it optional to expand Medicaid, created a, a, a kind of a unique situation where we have to pay for it, but we don't necessarily have to spend the money in Utah. It'll be spent by Washington, D.C., and, and wherever they see fit, but it won't be spent in Utah. So uh, the, the expansion of Medicaid, unfortunately, is voluntary, but the taxes that we have to pay for that are mandatory. So we're kind of in this strange situation where we can just forget about the money. It's $800 million a year that goes to Washington, D.C. Or in my view, we're able to create a Utah solution, which is actually better than Medicaid. We called it Healthy Utah, designed to take that same amount of money that would come back to expand Medicaid and put it into a private sector approach where 
uh, the recipients, those who qualify, would be able to go out into the open marketplace and buy insurance that fits their unique needs. It's not a one-size-fits-all program. Uh, you have a little more individual responsibility that comes into play, a little larger copay, a little more premium uh, that you have to pay. And you also enroll into a work program. We believe that, in fact, that people ought to give a helping hand not only for their health care, but also the reason they're there is because they, they, they are not making enough money. That's why they qualify for government assistance. So the overall program will give you better outcomes. It spends the money here in the state of Utah. It's a significant infusion of money, about $350 million per year and growing, that goes into our private economy here and helps people not with their health care needs but also with their work care needs. So I, we just thought it was a better program. That's why we did it. We, did, we respect the taxpayer. There are people out there that need health care and, and access to good quality health care. And so that was my motivation for, for providing what took us about a year and a half to develop called Healthy Utah. How uh, significant is it, Governor, that this did not pass? And now you are uh, calling a special legislative session. I think there's a deadline of July 31st on this. How significant is this for those who are waiting for the coverage? Well, the delay is certainly disappointing for me. Uh, again, I I understand the urgency, uh, and we've been very careful about this. This is not something we've rushed into. We've certainly taken nearly two years in, in working with the Obama administration, the Department of Health, the previous Secretary of Health, Kathleen Sebelius, and now the current uh, Secretary of Health, Sylvia Burwell. We've got a lot of concessions. We've got waivers on many different areas. We're doing something that's unique in all the country, our proposal, and what we've been already given approval on. That being said, there are concerns, and they are legitimate concerns that come out of the legislature. We've tried to answer those and address them, but concerns like sustainability, meaning can we afford it? We can maybe afford it for the first two or three or four or five years. Can we afford it for 10 years? And the concern that has been expressed is that people get on the program. Is it right to dump them off the program? And that's a difficult decision to make. And so there's concerns about starting a program that you have to eventually stop. And where is the revenue going to come from? It costs us some additional money as we have this program implemented. And so where is that additional money going to come from to pay for it? Again, I think there are legitimate questions, but I think there are reasonable and rational answers to that. Uh, we just couldn't come together in the 45-day session. I'm pleased with the leadership in the House and the Senate, working with the executive branch. Now we're going to go into kind of extra innings, and uh, we're going to work together. It's a unique committee. When you think about it, I don't think it's ever happened before. We've got the governor, the lieutenant governor. You have the House uh, speaker. You've got the president of the Senate. And the two sponsors of some uh, competing bills, uh, the, the group of six of us, will work together to find common ground on this issue and respect the taxpayers and serve the people that need help. And I'm, I'm optimistic that we'll come up with a solution by this summer, and then we'll come back in the special session and approve uh, a piece of legislation. I was very Im- impressed and, and intrigued by that group, because as you mentioned, Senator Shiozawa, who uh, authored the bill in the Senate and passed it, and Jim Dunnigan, who authored the House version of, uh, what, what is it, Utah Cares, uh, will both be part of this committee. It would be interesting to be a fly on the wall in those conversations. <laughs> well, again, it's we've got good people involved in here, and I I have no doubt that people are sincere and earnest in their questions and their concerns. Uh, We're not playing games here. We're really trying to solve a problem and find a solution. I'm certainly partial to my point of view, but there are legitimate questions out there. I think we can resolve those questions and and, uh, provide some certainty uh, to the outcome here and maybe alleviate some of the fears that some in the legislature have. That's my hope, that's my belief, and that's my goal. And um, the sooner we do it, the, the better it is for the people. It, it's kind of like playing poker, and I know you play a lot of poker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, we've been dealt certain cards, whether you like it or not. You know, the Affordable Care Act is the law of the land. We've been dealt certain cards. What we're trying to do is find the best way to play those cards, play the best hand we can, and maybe we don't like them, uh, but we've got to find a way to come up with the best outcome. And I expect that over the next three months we'll we'll decide what that is. Let me speak to the governor. We'll continue. We'll take a break right here. And uh, we have a lot of people waiting on the phone line. We'll prioritize your calls. Judy, thank you for your phone call already. And it is 1218. 
I get invited to breakfast at the Hotel Monaco with the president and CEO of the Gerber Viper Toilet Corporation. How are you installing so many toilets, he wants to know. And I want to know how his toilets flush so well, and what's the difference between the president and the CEO anyway? He said, I hired a top team of sewer scientists to develop the best toilets ever, and if you like the old 2-inch waterway models, he says, you're going to love the new 3-inch. A 3-inch waterway? He had egg-white veggie almonds with no cheese. A healthy choice. And told me the president reports to the CEO. Oh, that morning I learned about healthy choices, corporate America, and about making of spectacular toilets. Now you get the incredible Gerber Viper elongated 3-inch waterway toilet for just $249 installed by, again, this year's Utah's best-of-state company, Whipple Service Champions. Call 444-FAST. That's 444-FAST. For emergencies, when you call today, we come today. Whipple, they come plumbing troubles all gone. Built for business. Waiting. No one enjoys it. With Comcast Business, you can do less of it. Because Comcast Business Internet is up to five times faster than DSL from the phone company, which means less waiting for things like security backups and file downloads. Plus, it's a better value when you select the fastest plan. So do what nearly a thousand businesses do every day and choose Comcast Business. Unless you'd prefer to wait. Switch to Comcast Business Internet. Then add one voice line and TV for just $34.90 a month for two years. And ask about their low price guarantee. Call 800-501-6000 or visit ComcastBusiness.com. That's 800-501-6000. Comcast Business. Built for business. Offer ends 331.15. Restrictions apply. Equipment, taxes, and fees, including broadcast TV fee extra. Compares Comcast 100 megabits per second and 20 megabits per second DSL downloads. Hi, Rick Edelman here. You have savings and investments, and you're working hard to save enough for retirement. Here's the good news. Investing doesn't have to be a right or wrong, do-it-or-not predicament. And most importantly, you don't have to go it alone. At Edelman Financial, we can help. We'll start by asking you a question you really can answer. What are your goals? Are you saving for college, retirement, a second home? Whatever you're saving for, whatever your goals, they determine how you should invest. And at Edelman Financial Services, we can help you figure out your goals and we'll give you a plan to help you achieve them. We've been doing this for more than 25 years for thousands of people just like you. And we have the experience you need. Talk with us or get our investment management services online. Just visit rickedelman.com or call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. That's 888-PLAN-RICK. Advisory services offered through Edelman Financial Services, LLC. Securities offered through Sanders Morris Harris, Inc., an affiliated broker-dealer. Member FINRA SIPC. Recent reports show an alarming increase in the number of men who are suffering from ED or PE. ED is a condition that no man should have to accept. Dr. Michael Trumbly has been treating men with ED and PE successfully for more than 20 years. At Physicians ED Center, a great love life is just one office visit away, no matter what your age or medical history. If you have a prostate problem or diabetes, if Viagra and Cialis have let you down, the doctors at Physicians ED Center can help virtually any man with a custom blend of safe prescription medications. There's no surgery, and best of all, it's guaranteed to work on your first visit, or it's free. Don't wait another minute. Call Physicians ED Center today, 801-900-5452. That's 801-900-5452. What's your question for Governor Herbert? Call 801-575-8255. This is Let Me Speak to the Governor. It's great to have the governor here in studio with us. And, uh, Governor, if it's okay with you, we'll just, boy, we've got a lot of people waiting on the phone line to chat with you, so we'll get right back to the uh, calls. Very good. All right, and let's go to Miriam. Miriam, you're on Let Me Speak to the Governor. Hi, Doug. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Um, governor, it's an honor to talk to you. We've met before briefly. I don't know if you remember me. How can, um, we, how can anybody forget Miriam? <laughs> Um, as you may remember, I'm the chair of the Utah Disability Caucus. Yes. Um, we're the, the only nonpartisan caucus of the Democratic Party. Um, I'm proud to say we take anyone, even Republicans. Even Republicans. <laughs> Republicans. Broad-minded. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Republicans have disabilities, too. That's right. Um, I, I want to thank you so much for all the work you've done on Healthy Utah. And as you know, we have been 
very strong backers and supporters of you and the work you've done of Senator Shiazala and Whit Weiler and Representative Red and all the others. And um, I, I, let's just say that I know from certain sources that you've received some threats about your re-election if you go through with it. Um, I want you to know and I have to say, depending on the Democrat, but I believe a lot of Democrats are going to support you in your re-election if you decide to run um, because of your support of Healthy Utah. Um, I'm not sure that even by July 31st that the Republicans who've stood against this are going to be any more likely to do anything. Um, Let's get a response from the governor on that, Miriam. Uh, are, are you optimistic, Governor, that something will shake out in the time frame? You know, I am. I'm probably the eternal optimist. Uh, I mean, I always think things will get better, and, and I think we can work together. And, and again, I can tell you that in my position as governor, I recognize I'm governor of all the people. And uh, we campaign partisanly. I think that's appropriate. Uh, we have different points of view on a lot of different policy issues as Democrats, Republicans, independents, uh, libertarians. And that's okay. That's a good mix. Uh, I'm trying to make sure that uh, when we campaign and get elected, then we ought to all take off our labels and say, let's all join the common sense party and see if we can't have practical solutions to the problems that face we the people. And frankly, I think that helps us get things done. And that's that's the approach I take. I work with everybody and uh, try to solve problems. That's what governors do, what they should do. I'm optimistic we're going to be able to find, uh, again, a solution to the the Medicaid expansion issue and uh, whether it's Healthy Utah or some modification of different approaches here. I'm confident we're going to find a solution here for the people of Utah. Miriam put a little thing in there. I used to always tease Governor Levitt about this. As a matter of fact, it's a standing joke. That every time I see him, I say, so are you going to run again? Uh, Miriam uh, alluded to something, Governor. Are, are you toying with the idea of running for governor again? Well, we've announced uh, that we're going to try to run again. I've had so much uh, support, and, and I, I, it's a little early to be talking about it. But now that the legislature is over, but uh, we'll be preparing a campaign, and so start gearing up later this year. And, and of course, the campaign will be in 2016. And uh, you know, there's the argument really is that uh, we're doing so many good things. The state right now, we've got momentum. We've got uh, really uh, a lot of great success. We're uh, prominent nationally now in ways we've never done before. And so there's at least an argument we ought not to disrupt that and uh, have some continuity and continue in what we're doing. So the answer is yes, that uh, I do plan to run again in 2016. Let's go to Al, who's waiting on the line. Al, welcome to Let Me Speak to the Governor. Good afternoon, Governor. Anyhow, I just want to ask you about a topic that's been in the news lately, the possibility of the return to the firing squad as a means of capital punishment in lieu of the lack of lethal injection drugs. And basically, I'm all for the death penalty where uh, uh, the guilt is absolutely certain. I just want to ask your opinion. I'm supportive of the firing squad. I'm just wondering, are other options on the table, such as hanging? We did that 100 years ago. It's not evasive like a needle of a drug or or a bullet in a firing squad. It's just gravity with a, you know, like a trip hatch. And gra- mm-hmm. Gravity works, and I just want to get your idea on that method. Well, actually, Al, some states do use hanging as a method of execution and as a backup. Most states uh, that have capital punishment, there's about 32 of the states of America, that have capital punishment. Utah's one of them, part of our laws. It's a, it's a high bar in Utah. We call it aggravated murder. It means it's the, for the most worst, heinous, uh, despicable kinds of murder out there. Uh, we don't do it very often. I wish we never did it at all, that, that we didn't have those kind of criminals in crime. We have had seven executions in the last nearly 41 years, so it doesn't happen often. We have a very high bar. We're uh, uh, certainly constitutional in that aspect of uh, of capital punishment. Some states have, as a fallback from lethal injection, they have gas chamber. Some have hanging. Uh, some have the electric chair. Uh, and some have firing squad. We're not the only one that has that as a fallback. I hope we never have to use it. Uh, and uh, I hope we don't have to do lethal injection. But uh, the law is clear in Utah that we are a capital punishment state for the most heinous of crime, and we prefer to do lethal injection. 
Uh, our challenge right now is can we get the drugs necessary for the injection? And uh, if, if the courts will decree uh, an execution is warranted, mandated, we have to have an ability to, to in fact, uh, carry out the court's order. If we can't get the drugs necessary for lethal injection, the firing squad will be the fallback. It sounds like you're going to sign it. I am. I'm looking at it carefully and closely. We're, we, it's certainly got some national attention just because uh, people are arguing really against capital punishment. There's not any acceptable way of execution for most people who are opposed to capital punishment, obviously. And I think that's a discussion that's worth having. Uh, but we've had the discussion, and right now we've agreed as a state, the majority, uh, through their elected representatives, that we are a capital punishment state for heinous crimes. It doesn't happen often that we execute anybody, like I say, seven times in 41 years. But when that re- requirement comes down under our laws, we need to have the ability to carry out that to court order. You're listening to Let Me Speak to the Governor, Governor Gary Herbert, here in our studios in Salt Lake City. We greatly appreciate you joining us. We will come right back. Jenny, we know you're on the line. We'll take your phone call next. It is 1229. More of Let Me Speak to the Governor in just a few moments. What is the meaning of this? Sir, it's the 60th anniversary of Strong, Strong Volkswagen of Salt Lake City. 60 years. Sir, just $60 down gets you any new Strong Volkswagen, sir. $60 total, out of pocket. Approved. That's not all, sir. $60 a month, sir. Every new Volkswagen we've got. You're selling every one of my Strong Volkswagens for $60 total, out of pocket, and $60 a month? Uh, yes, sir. Now that's how you celebrate a 60th anniversary. Yeah! And all of our vehicles come with no charge, lifetime protection on your engine, and transmission. Lifetime. Sir. Yes, sir. Request permission to initiate credit amnesty. Yes, bring home three fifty a week. You get up to thirty thousand dollars in credit, even with a five fifty credit score. Every new Volkswagen on our entire lot, just sixty dollars total out of pocket, and sixty dollars a month till June. Sixty years strong at Strong Volkswagen of Salt Lake City, ten seventy South Main Street in the heart of Salt Lake City. StrongVW.com. Call eight hundred new cars. That's eight hundred new cars. Twenty fifteen Jetta TDIS forty three triple O E MSRP twenty three eight eighty. Tax title and fees included in payment sixty for three months, then three thirty six for thirty three months. Excludes Touareg. To qualified buyers. Did you know wearing a seatbelt can cut your risk of injury in a car crash by more than half? If you're unbuckled in a car crash, you increase the risk of injury to other passengers by 40%. Wearing a seatbelt is the single most effective way you can save your life in a car crash. Since the year 2000, seatbelts have saved over 1,700 lives in Utah. Buckle up on the road to zero fatalities, a goal we can all live with. This is Jeff Stout with Fink & McGregor Mortgages Made Simple. The Federal Housing Administration, otherwise known as FHA, has recently lowered their mortgage insurance rates for their 30-year loans. The rates are substantially lower and the payment savings are accordingly strong. When is an FHA loan the right choice? Some advantages are that they are more credit-friendly than conventional loans. They have higher debt-to-income ratios that are allowed. Seasoning or time restrictions since a bankruptcy or foreclosure are more lenient. They also have generally lower interest rates than conventional loans. One other nice thing about FHA is the way they treat second mortgages that are being consolidated. On the flip side, they have lower maximum loan amounts in most cases, and the mortgage insurance is not always better. Of course, we can help you determine which is your best option. Fink and McGregor, mortgages made simple, 264-9494. That's 264-9494. Or on the web at finkmcgregor.com. The governor answers your questions. Utah's most important issues on Let Me Speak to the Governor. As I mentioned, we have a lot of folks who are waiting on the phone line. We appreciate their patience. And Governor Herbert, let's take a phone call from Jenny. Jenny, say hi to the governor. Hello, Governor Herbert. Hi, Jenny. I seen a picture of you on a horse in a magazine. I thought you looked really good. Could you tell the difference between me and the horse? <laughs> Which one's the you horse? Are, you had a hat on. You looked awesome. That's right. I was the one with the hat on. Yeah, the one with the hat. That's <laughs> so how my wife was able to identify me, too. Good afternoon, Doug. How are you? Doing fine, thank you. I am really concerned about the federal land grab in Utah. Um, last night on the news, I also seen where environmentalists in Moab want to shut down two trails that four-wheelers use to recreate. Um, I'm very concerned about the San Rafael being shut down to 
the recreation of four-wheelers. I know you're an avid, and you love the outdoors, and you love to recreate. Um, I'm just extremely concerned about where all our land is being shot off to us. We are taxpayers and should be able to enjoy it. Okay, let's get the governor's thoughts on that. You know, it, it's certainly been an, an ongoing discussion we've had with the federal government as far as how you manage the public lands. Seventy percent of our land mass is owned and controlled by the federal government. Uh, other than uh, Nevada, we're, we're the largest in the country. And so it creates unique challenges, unique opportunities, too, and how we manage them is really at the crux of it. The Bureau of Land Management has under their charter the requirement to have multiple use of the public land. That means that not only do we have farming and ranching that should be maintained and allowed to take place, and the Taylor Grazing Act that gives us animal units and how we manage those and utilize those lands, but also for recreational purpose, whether it's deer hunting, elk hunting, you know, fishing, camping, hiking, those kind of recreational opportunities, uh, and our commercial aspects of developing our natural resources and our energy department, uh, which is all part of the multiple use. And, of course, what is becoming ever increasingly more difficult is those who use ATVs on the public lands. We have a few that spoil it for the many as they kind of rip and tear up some of the landscape. We believe that there ought to be opportunities for the state and the federal government to work together to put and set aside special areas for ATV use. We've got some great trails that can be used here in the state of Utah so people can actually use motorized vehicles in parts of our on our uh, public land. Some areas are probably not appropriate. Some of our wilderness areas, uh, some of those areas that are pristine and really ought to be just walked upon, non-motorized vehicles, that's part of the balanced approach we've tried to take. In fact, I have a balanced resource council designed to really de- uh, make those determinations. Last but not least, what we're doing to kind of solve this problem is uh, really what we call the public land initiative, which is being sponsored by Congressman Rob Bishop. It'll take care of about 18 million acres, mostly of eastern Utah and all the way down to the south end, and really identify what areas are for recreation, what areas should be developed, what areas should be not developed, and find that balanced approach, find that optimal level that everybody can find as a good compromise point. Uh, Congressman Chaffetz is helping with that, I think, this year. We have a better chance of getting that passed than any other time we've had, and it will help resolve at least a, a portion, a large portion of Utah in this public land debate. We have Blake, who is waiting to speak with the governor. Blake, go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Good to talk to you guys. Thank you, Blake. Hey, just a quick question, and, and then not too far distant past, they talked about daylight savings time. Has anything been done with that if we're going to leave it the way it is now before we set our clocks ahead, or are they discuss that any further? Yeah, there's been discussion about it, and they've just left it the way it is. Uh, You know, there's obviously different points of view and opinions. For those in the rural parts of our state, the farmers and ranchers, they don't like daylight savings. They just soon not have to get up in the middle of the night, you know, to milk their cows and do their chores around the farm and ranch. For the golfers and the recreational enthusiasts, they like to have those extra hours of more daylight after Five o'clock when they get home from work, the little league programs, the soccer events, those kinds of things. So it's an ongoing debate. I actually kind of like it the way it is right now. We have uh, mostly daylight savings throughout the year. Um, You can't create any more hours of daylight. You know, just it is what it is. But how we adjust our work schedules around that is really the debate. And and I, right now, at least the legislature says, let's just leave it the way it is. We do have a few phone lines that are available for you at 575-8255. Of course, the area code is 801-801-575-8255. Let's take a phone call, Governor, from Jose on the line. Uh, hi, Doc. Hi, Governor. Hey, Go- Jose, how are you? Buenos uh, dias. Uh, well, thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, first of all, I would like to ask you to excuse my English. It's not the best, but I'm still working on it. So I'm working uh, on my Spanish, so you're doing a lot better than I am. Well, my question is about immigration. Uh, last month, the state of Utah joined Texas and other 26 states in a lawsuit against uh, President Obama's interaction, that, uh, saying that he doesn't have the authority to do it. But uh, one or two years ago, if I remember right, uh, you and your administration signed on a state law that will help illegal immigrants to come out of the shadows. Yes. So uh, when, when you and your administration 
take action and this matter is okay. And when the president tried to help these people with a temporary action, not an amnesty, just a temporary relief, you and your administration t- uh, tried to take that down. That's a great question, Jose. I'm glad you asked it. Let me just tell you, um, the president and myself and others share the same thing, and that's frustration with the Congress for not acting, for not doing anything, and just kind of leaving the status quo and arguing and never getting anything accomplished, never solving the problem. And so the state of Utah, in our frustration, said, you know what, Uh, we're going to come up with our own approach here. The state's enforcing federal laws that are not being enforced and things that go along with that. We we created a couple of bills. We actually had uh, three or four complementary bills that we proposed as uh, an alternative because of the lack of action of Congress. Well, guess what? President Obama sued us, and he said to us, state of Utah, even though you have frustration with Congress, you cannot go around Congress. And we went to court, and the courts agreed with the president. And they said, yeah, the, the state of Utah cannot go around Congress. They cannot uh, create these laws in spite of our frustration with the lack of activity in Congress. So we understood that. We Okay, we abide by the court decision. Surprisingly to us, though, is the same uh, 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 administration that sued us, then in their frustration said, well, we'll go around the Congress. We'll find a different way to address this issue because of our frustration with Congress. Well, if it's good for us, it's good for them, too. We need to put the pressure where the pressure needs to be, and that's on the Congress to solve this issue. It's a complex. It's an emotional issue. But there is a solution out there. Certainly, we can all agree on one thing, and that's securing the borders. Uh, Certainly, we can uh, agree upon the fact we need to have a gate. It's not just building a tall fence. It's also widening the gate so that the gate works. But it's not right for the president to go around the Congress, just like it was not right for us to go around the Congress. Congress needs to deal with this issue. Let's all encourage them to deal with it uh, as soon as possible. Governor, I was just looking at our our lineup of callers, and nobody has addressed this yet, but yet it's it's a huge issue, and it was a hot topic on Utah's Capitol Hill, and that is the issue of transportation in the state of Utah and the ability to fund transportation, including a uh, an increase to the uh, the set price of the gas tax, and then in the future having part of it evolve into more of a sales tax when when certain numbers add up. If I understand it correctly, what is a two dollars and forty five cent uh, rack price rolling average three years? Yeah, it is that. And so when when the retailers purchase their uh, gasoline, that cost that increased taxation as part of their overall cost, which of course is passed on to the consumer. Uh, it's a little different than just have an excise tax, a gasoline tax of 24.5 cents. We've lost over the last, since 1997, which is the last time that the gas tax has been adjusted, about 40% of the purchasing power. It's probably a little over 10 cents uh, in in gallon uh, in, in loss of purchasing power, loss to inflation. We've compounded the problem because our automobiles make get better miles per gallon. So we're we're traveling on the roads more miles and spending less money in taxes mm-hmm. to maintain and, re, and repair them. So what to do, that's the question. And, and the, the compromise was let's come up with maybe something that's adjusted by a sales tax that equates to an increase in a percent uh, or at least a, a, a penny per gallon uh, or up to five cents and then over time maybe up to 10 cents. And so it allows us now to to kind of correct the trajectory we have on funding for for our transportation. We were over the next uh, by 2040 would fall uh, find ourselves to be 11 billion dollars behind what we need for building capacity and maintaining the roads. We're, we've been good at building roads. We haven't been not uh, so good at maintaining them. So this corrects that trajectory and allows us to have a a future for infrastructure and transportation. It also helps us because we've been taking too much money out of the general fund, putting into transportation that could be used to augment education. So this is really a two-for-one deal. It puts us on the trajectory to fund our needs in in the third fastest growing state in America for transportation, as well as helps correct it so that we can actually take some of this increased money now and put it into education. So Uh, this this helps everybody. Obvious by by your response, you you think we're moving in the right direction. Did we go far enough? There are those that argued that we, we should have actually done more. Well, ten cents was the uh, just to make us whole, just to recapture the lost purchasing power would take ten cents. That was maybe too too heavy of a lift. We couldn't get there. We were getting about five cents, so we're not quite where we want to be. But over time, I think we can a little bit by little bit. 
uh, we can probably get to where we need to be. And that's the that's the proposal, which is really a hybrid that's come out of the Senate and the House. And, and applaud them all, because that this was not an easy thing to do. But it was certainly a necessary thing to do for us to not only take care of our transportation needs, which is good for everybody. It's not just convenience. It also helps our economy. Because uh, you you won't have businesses set up here or, and and develop their business here if you can't have get around town if you can't go from point A to point B, and so it's it, it's it's good for us for many levels. But it also again the thing that's uh, kind of the hidden ingredient here is it's going to help us with education funding too mm-hmm. going forward. When we do hit that rolling average of two forty five, I think that's the number, and uh, the rack price reaches that point, uh, what what then kicks in? I'm, is is it a a percentage then that kicks in? Well, the problem with the sales. T- Taxes it is the volatility, and so sales taxes. You know, the, 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 based on whatever the commodity price is, is uh, we've seen gasoline down. What? Who who would have thought? Oh yeah. You know, gasoline price is going to be less than two bucks. Got down to I think or a dollar sixty in some of the lowest places here in Utah. Uh, it's now uh, you know it's gone up to over two dollars again. But so the volatility is a concern. You you don't you don't want that in your gasoline user tax. This is designed to kind of uh, corral it, uh, to make sure it doesn't go too high and doesn't go too low. And it it gives us a lot more certainty on the amount of revenue that will come off of the uh, purchase of gasoline. And it really is a user tax. That's part of it. We also take some of the money out of the general fund. So when you, if you use the roads more than me, Doug, then you're going to pay more money because of the use that you and and the impact you have on the road. But I may want to use your road to Eureka, you know, once a year. And I'm darn glad when I get invited down to your place, that once a year that that road's there. So that's a general fund need. So you have a combination of general fund and user fees that provides us the revenues we need to build our roads and to maintain our roads. On April 25th, would be a really good day to use that road to come down for the ride to light up Eureka. There you go. There you go. Let's take a break, and we will come right back with more of Let Me Speak to the Governor. We'll get right back to our phone lines. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Mmm, fresh cookies. I'll get the milk. Honey, could you close the oven so I can open the fridge? Sure, I'll get the plates. Could you close the fridge so I can open the cupboard? Oh, if you'll just close the cupboard, I'll slide behind you. Picture this. Bringing the family together without quite so much togetherness. Now, picture this. Getting more than your money's worth from the number one home builder in Utah. At Ivory Homes, we know that value is measured by more than just square feet. Value also comes from the feel of a neighborhood, the attention we pay to the style and design of each home, and the incredible services we offer to make your home building experience easy. At Ivory Homes, we are committed to value and we are committed to quality. No one will work harder to make the picture of your dream home a reality for you. Visit an Ivory model today or check us out online at ivoryhomes.com. Now, if you'll just scoot your chair in, I'll load the dishwasher. Two sisters bid their lovers goodbye as they sail away from the harbor off to war, or so they think. Utah Opera presents Cozy Fontute. Mozart brings his comedic talent to the flirtatiously scheming Cozy Fontute. Two sisters, two lovers, and one wager that puts their fidelity to the test. What could possibly go wrong? No one comes out unscathed in this tale of love, lies, and seduction. Experience the imaginative charm of Mozart's genius live as Utah Opera performs Cozy Fontute. March 14th through 20th at Capitol Theater. For tickets starting at just $18, visit utahopera.org. You're smart enough to realize that over the long term, no other type of investment tends to perform better than stocks. However, on the downside, stocks tend to be the most volatile investments. If there was only a way to have a more protected downside when the stock market does head south, there is. Call Comprehensive Financial Group today and ask about the new asset lock technology. 
Asset Lock is designed to help protect your gains so that you can better protect your future. With Asset Lock, you can have full market participation, a professionally managed portfolio monitored 24 7, and fully liquid accounts with no restrictions to your funds. Ask Brad Barclay and Garrett Ward how Asset Lock can be used with your IRA and 401k savings. Call today, 801 654 0486. That's 801 654 0486. Or visit comprehensivefg.com. Asset Lock is a portfolio monitoring system which identifies a client's maximum portfolio downside or loss and indicates that immediate action is required in order to limit losses per the client's predetermined risk tolerance. Reach out to Governor Herbert. Text 57500 or call him at 801 575 8255. It's Let Me Speak to the Governor. We appreciate you listening today, and we appreciate the governor joining us today. So we can uh, all ask a few questions, and let's go up to uh, Logan, Utah, and we have Cassandra on the line. Cassandra, say hi to the governor. Hi, Governor. Hi, Cassandra. It's very nice to talk to you. Thank you Um, for calling in. Thank you. Uh, I'm concerned because, you know, the house didn't pass health in Utah, and I thought it was a great thing. And I want to say, whatever compromise you make with sometimes our other foolish lawmakers, um, whatever happens, please take into account families like mine who have members with disabilities, but members who don't have disabilities. Um, I have physical disabilities, and so do two of my children, including a son with chronic kidney disease. So we spend a lot of time going from Logan to Salt Lake for his appointments and his major and minor surgeries and his hospitalizations. Now, my husband doesn't have any disabilities, and he was kicked off of Medicaid sometime last year because of a paperwork snafu and because he started earning a little money. Now, in the process of this, as we kept going down to Salt Lake, he would have to take time off of work. I'd have to pay babysitters to watch our other two kids. Um, you know, we had to do everything. He had the same financial constraints that the rest of us did, and it was unnerving to me Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, there was no way that the non-disabled members of our family could receive similar treatment to those of us with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Cassandra, we appreciate your your story and your thoughts, and let's get the governor's reaction. Well, uh, yes, Medicaid was designed to help people in your situation, and so uh, that's designed to help needy families, and we want to make sure that that program stays intact. We do have a Medicaid program uh, right now. The question now is the expansion of Medicaid. We're paying for the expansion, and the question is how do we best use that money? Some are say do nothing and, and just let the money languish in, in Washington. I say there's a better way to take that money and bring it back to Utah and help needy families. Uh, if you have any questions about your needs and uh, being addressed, please contact my office. We have a constituent service line at 538-1000. Ask for constituent services. That's area code 801-538-1000. And they can probably help you make sure that you're getting access to what you're, uh, you qualify for with your family. Last but not least, I do expect that we're, we're going to find a way to help uh, families uh, that are in need here in the state of Utah. Uh, it's not just Medicaid expansion or its alternative, which I've proposed with Health Utah, but there are charitable care uh, uh, opportunities. Uh, there are opportunities uh, really that, um, uh, for example, my own family, I have uh, special needs uh, nephews and nieces that uh, need some help. And uh, this uh, approach we've taken with Healthy Utah actually helps them get better health care than what we'd normally qualify with just plain Medicaid. So, uh, again, working together, listening to people like yourselves, I'm confident 
that myself and the executive branch working with the House leadership and the Senate leadership, we can find the right solution to this problem. Uh, we, we understand and are sensitive and empathetic to, to your unique situation and all others that find themselves in your same category. Cassandra, thank you for your phone call. Stephen is on the line. Stephen, you're on the line with the governor. Hello, Governor. Hey, Stephen. Governor, I was disturbed yesterday when I read Doug Robinson's column about Lyle Hilliard's $1.5 million subsidy to Utah State Athletics. We hear about how tight budgets are and what the needs of the state are, and this seems pretty frivolous to me. And I'm wondering if there's anything that we can do to stop it and put it into... How many teachers could that fund? It just... I'm quite disturbed about it. And Is there anything that can be done to stop it? Well, we're actually concerned about it in my office, too. It does not seem to be the appropriate use of uh, taxpayers' dollars to fund athletics, whether it be at USU or UV, uh, U or uh, U of U. You know, uh, there's all of our universities and colleges, you know, uh, uh, most of the athletics are funded by booster programs, private donations, ticket sales, those kind of things. And I, again, I'm a big sports guy. I appreciate athletics and, and the atmosphere it creates at our college campuses. But if we do it for USU, then we're going to have others say, well, how about me and how, where's my money to help with our athletic program and help with scholarships or whatever the needs are. So it's a concern. Uh, I share your concern, and uh, we're going to take a look at that. It's uh, it's a precedent we don't want to continue with. I expect there's been exceptions out there and other issues out there that probably Senator Hilliard would point to and say, well, I've done this down at Dixie or they did this down at uh, UVU or University of Utah, so we ought to have it up here at Weber State or at U- Utah State. Um, we're going to take a look at that. We hope this is not a trend. Let's take a, a phone call. To tell you the truth, I thought we would get a phone call like this a little earlier in the program, uh, Governor, and Heidi joins us now. Heidi, go ahead. Hi, Governor. Hi, how are you, Heidi? I'm well, how are you? Good, thank you. Great. My question for you is if you've considered vetoing House Bill 454. And 454 has to do with what, prison relocation? That is correct. Uh, I actually threatened to veto before the bill because the proposal that was being put out was a seven-member commission that had all power to make the decision and not bring it back to the legislature, nor allow the governor and the executive branch to weigh in on it either. So the good news is that they heard my threat of veto and changed the legislation. Now what happens is uh, the seven-member commission will certainly be a sifting committee to go out and look at options that are out there uh, and see if there's a better place besides the Draper location. If they find a place that they think is a better place to rebuild, uh, the prison, and we're going to need to build it someplace, whether it's at Draper or some other location. They're going to bring that recommendation. Then I will call them into special session. Uh, the legislature will be required to vote upon that issue. Uh, the executive branch obviously will have a chance to weigh in and veto or sign. But I think the the process we have now in place is one that will work. It's very similar to what we do, what they've done on the federal level for what they call the BRAC commission, where we have base relocation and closing of different uh, military bases around the, the, the country. And the intent is to take the politics out of it, to actually make the right decision for the people of Utah. Very quickly, Governor, uh, and uh, this has been a hot topic. Uh, we actually talked about this earlier with some of the uh, hydrologists uh, here in the state of Utah. The issue of what appears to be a very serious drought for the extreme West California and so on, but we are not faring all that well either in, in the water year. Your thoughts on what Utahns can and should be doing as we do face a, a tight water year? Well, it's it's a serious issue, and, and, and it needs us to all be serious about what we can do to help alleviate the, the, the drought. The repercussions of not having enough snowpack in the mountains, our reservoirs not being at full capacity. I think our underground aquifers are in better shape because of previous years. But we need to be careful in the utilization of our water. We need to conserve, and we need to start now. Uh, hopefully we'll have a wetter spring. Hopefully we'll have a wetter summer like we had last year so that the drawdown of our reservoirs will not be quite as acute. But we're in for probably a, a difficult summer, and we need to ration that water. I expect our local communities, our cities in particular, will be telling us you know, what we can do with our water. Uh, we need to be careful about uh, you know, watering our lawns too often. 
uh, we need to make sure we uh, are, are cognizant of the fact that we will have a shortage of water. We are in the middle of a drought here, and it's not just Nevada and California, but Utah is a, a part of that area right now that's having some difficult challenges. Just in the uh, final minute that we have, uh, your thoughts on, without getting specific, how likely are vetoes this year? You have not been shy about vetoing bills in the past. No, but we've also been a little different than some governors. We really work very closely with our legislators. If we see them going off track and maybe going in a direction we would would warrant a veto, we work with them and say, here's our concerns, here's our reasons why it's a concern, let's work together and see if we can't get it into the right place. And the, the legislature has been very good to respond. We've worked together with them. And so we've not had an extraordinary amount of vetoes in our since I've been a governor, at least, because we've worked closely with, with the legislature. We'll have probably about 25 bills out of nine, 490 that will come to my desk. It will be kind of on our watch list, and we'll look into the details. We look them all over, so mm-hmm. we review them all very closely, line item by line item. But there will be about 25 that will be on our watch list, and I expect there will be a, a handful that maybe will warrant a veto. Governor, as always, what a pleasure. Thank you for joining us for Let Me Speak to the Governor. Thank you. Great to be with you, Doug. What's your question for Governor Herbert? Call 801-575-8255. This is Let Me Speak to the Governor. And, of course, one month from right now, we'll be talking again with Governor Gary Herbert. Thank you for being part of our program today. You're waiting to hear the phrase, it's time to begin, aren't you? Well, if you're streaming radio on your smartphone, you could be waiting a while. You know, internet delays and all. However, if you got the free Next Radio app for your smartphone, you wouldn't have these problems. Problems, because instead of streaming, Next Radio uses the real FM radio chip inside your smartphone to receive music. Plus, you can get... A live guide to songs playing in your area and the chance to interact with your local radio stations. And personalize your listening experience. 